Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> what is up, everybody? It is Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great weekend. Thanks for checking out the show. <clears throat> it's Sunday, and uh, I tell you, I've been having a great weekend and a not so great weekend. First, the good. Bulldogs won. Sloppy game, but we still won. Got to play, run my Froth University game last night. That's what we're going to be talking about. Getting to play in the third session of a 5e game that I'm playing in later today. 5e is a lot more fun as a player, in my opinion, but that's a whole other discussion. But I'm playing this, to me, it's hilarious. Character, uh, Sir Archibald the Chaste, this paladin. It's really kind of a ridiculous character. and You know... More than rolling the dice, I enjoy trying to make everyone laugh a little bit. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's fun. Now, the bad, something I ate on Friday ugh, ruined me. Uh, not to gross anybody out or anything, but yesterday was rough. It affected the game for sure. Just now kind of getting over the hump. So, anyway, um, but I'm surviving and I seem to be, I seem to be recovering. Um, only shame about it is it, it had to have been from like my favorite restaurant. So now it kind of makes it where, you know, I don't know if I want to go back. And it was literally my favorite place. Well, that's a whole other story as well. So what are we talking about? I'm talking about my Froth University 1980s horror comedy game. Running using Savage Worlds, the East Texas University, East Texas University setting. Had session two last night. Starting them off in the year of 1982, and uh, we had had a great first session, and a couple of weeks had gone by, and you might be saying, if you weren't feeling well, why even run? Well, that was part of it. I didn't want it to be a three-week gap, and you know, once you get once you get that long, it's almost like collapse or, you know, no one remembers anything. And so, but anyway, if you haven't listened to the first session recap from a couple of weeks back, it'd be a great way to quickly catch up and be, you know, you know, knowing what's going on and everything. I'll do a quick recap and everything, but it's a perfect time if you're wanting to follow along with these to get caught up now. Uh, before it gets out of hand, like night below and we're, you know, I'm 15 podcasts in and, and it's maybe more confusing than it would be. But, but anyway, so, you know, last session we had introduced a lot of the characters, all but one who was here for this session, uh, last night. And basically, you know, this setting is kind of the horror level is more maybe Scooby-Doo than, uh, you know. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know what I mean? So, but, but anyway, last session, they all went to this freshman orientation where there was a, a security guard that for unknown reasons was trying to complete some kind of ritual. They had put runes up along this auditorium and were trying to burn all the incoming freshmen in like a mass sacrifice. The players thwarted this attempt in the process, they spotted a cryptozoological marvel, a seven-foot-tall chupacabra that apparently can turn itself invisible 
that grabbed the um, the security guard and fled with them. And I told you it was uh, you know Scooby Doo kind of kind of level. It's you know it's like a little bit of a humorous setting in and of itself, and it's not like hard uh, hard body horror or something like that. So we did introduce a couple of major NPCs, um, Professor McClanahan an anthropology professor that's also uh, like a ghost hunter type, supernatural um, investigator. And uh, and their TA, their graduate assistant, uh, Jackson Green. So those are the only like major NPCs really at this point. And as far as the characters go, um, maybe I should have my notes with me just in case I forget anything. We have like a frat boy named Chewy that's kind of based a little bit around um, Belushi from from Animal House. Bender, who we introduced tonight, that's kind of a kind of mean, kind of standoffish, a little intimidating, but maybe has a heart of gold underneath it. Um, kind of uh, what would you call a burnout sort of guy. Billy, who is like a 13-year-old genius, the youngest person ever admitted to East Texas University. Seymour, who was a nerd he missed last night. McCooley, who's kind of loosely based around like uh, Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. Nathaniel, who is an uh, early computer hacker a la War Games, Matthew Broderick. And then Barbara, who is a kind of princess sorority girl, and she also couldn't play last night, so... Still had uh, five players, so so to start the uh, session off, kind of introduced Bender. He kind of had a run in with some with some preppies, Preston, Creston, uh, Ambrose, and Pierce, just to kind of get the flavor of you know the kind of you know person he is or whatever, and uh, you know pair him opposite, you know the perfect opposites for him. I had the, these great. Um, pictures of these preppies from, I think it's like an early eighties movie called making the grade. It's not really a classic, but so I used that. And then of course I was using music, uh, again, from the era, you know, from exactly 1982, as a matter of fact. So amongst the songs that got played last night, uh, Steve Miller bands, Abracadabra, Abracadabra played that, uh, air supplies, sweet dreams. Close your eyes, I'm gonna fly tonight in my sweet dream. Uh, played Jack and Diane from John Cougar Mellencamp. Uh, I'll get to some of the other ones, but one, one was uh, America's uh, song. Uh, you can do magic, you can do anything that you desire. I don't know if y'all remember that. Gotta be old like old froth. But anyway, so the music brought brought things to life, and and you know, one of the things you do in this game is you kind of choose what extracurricular activity you're going to be involved in, and the game also uses a mechanic called interludes, where it's an opportunity for players to kind of make up some of their fi- the fiction and behind the scenes activities you know that are going on, um, in order to they get a mechanical reward, you know, get like a free re roll sort of thing called a benny. But it's also good because it lets, you know, people fill in the spaces in this game. Because this game, unlike my D&D games where it's day to day to day to day, there's there's large gaps. So 
started off letting the, the players talk about their extracurricular activities and what they've been doing. And for example, Billy, the little 13 year old, he's trying to toughen up. So, you know, picture this little 13 year old, you know, not 90 pounds wet, trying to work out and everything and, and trying to admire his muscles in the mirror that, you know, non-existent muscles in the mirror. Um, the McCooley, Marty McFly character started a band named it the Chupacabras and is trying to, you know, make it with his band and everything. Meanwhile, Chewie is pledging at the, you know, the Deltas, uh, the Delta house, pledging the fraternity and everything. So I thought the players did a pretty good job, uh, um, with this, uh, Bender was working a part-time job at the record store and the preppies come in to buy, uh, the new Duran Duran album and he, he switches in uh, a Black Sabbath album for their album and stuff. So they, they came up with some pretty good stuff on the fly. And it, it, I kind of like this interlude thing. I wouldn't like it for D&D because I usually don't have any kind of... I was thinking about that. Like this whole downtime mechanic, that, that to me is really more of um, organized play sort of mechanic where, you know every adventure is, is a one day thing and you come back and then time could pass. And, you know, so, so maybe if, if you're, if you're playing something really episodic like that, or, um, you know, like I say, organized play, these kind of things make sense, but not in the normal way that I run D and D, but in a game like this with a big gap, I really like this kind of mechanic because it doesn't harm or change the story, um, to add it, but it, 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 adds a you know it adds a flavor it, it gives a feeling of time passing and it allows the players to be kind of creative and come up with something and so so i enjoyed that but anyway so um the way that this i'm using the published east texas university supplements and the way it works is that there's this overarching campaign going on and but then there's also all these little kind of one sheet you know, one session, little episodes. And so you have the main thing going on, but you're not playing it point by point by point. It's, you know, play one of the sessions of it, then I'm mixing in a couple of little side things and then play another, you know, so that's kind of the flow of it. So t tonight was kind of a, you know, mixing in the, you know, the little side quests that are, I was able to fit two of them into the session. So they're kind of like, I guess, I think Savage Worlds actually refers to them as one sheets, but, but they're really good as far as, you know, it's easy to read, wrap your mind around, and then you can get, you know, you know, you can get at least one done in a session. And, um, so we had a couple of these and you'll quickly be able to tell, you know, the, the kind of horror level that we're talking about here. So anyway, the first one, um, you know, Chewie's pledging at the Delta house. And so they, they, they end up getting invited to a party and they go and I, I can't, uh, what was I playing when they're, oh, I was playing Aunt Centerfold, the Jay Giles band <laughs> at the party. You know, the Chupacabras band is, is playing, you know, the little 13 year old Billy is amazed by all the, you know, the, the attractive co-eds running around and, um, I tried to make it as eighties as I could in some ways, like what you might expect from these movies, like People are throwing up, everybody's drunk, you know, a TV goes thrown, gets thrown out the window. It's just a wild party at the Delta house. And as the party's winding down, the, the 
the group hears screaming outside and they run out and this guy's with his girlfriend and she's been bitten. Someone has bitten her. They said the person was like a zombie. And so, uh, I end up using for the NPC images for these, I used uh, Boone and Otter from animal house for the, the frat boys involved in this particular story. But, um, the, the party tracks down the Boone character who's like kind of crying and moaning to himself on a stoop. And uh, he tells them that he and Otter had tried to scare a new pledge, Flounder, uh, and with an initiation ritual, a hazing ritual, um, you know, doing this mock satanic ritual uh, to try to scare him. And they had bought all this stuff from like a pawn shop. And he showed them some of the stuff. It was just basically like Halloween decoration level stuff, including this little shrunken head and... And so the party goes to look for, for Otter, who was acting like a zombie, and uh, and they find him, and he actually is, you know, out of it, and he tries to bite Billy. And so they end up, you know, punching him or whatever, and he snaps out of it and doesn't remember what's happened. He ends up getting arrested by the police, who think he was just having a bad trip or something, and, they, you know, gets released on bail. But then the next night, he comes back again to, you know, it's still in a trance again, trying to uh, break into one of their dorm rooms, trying to bite Billy again. I was kind of picking on Billy. <laughs> uh, so, again, they this time they smack, you know, the Belushi character. Uh, if you remember in Animal House, you know, where he smashes the uh, the acoustic guitar, the hippies playing it. I gave uh, Belushi character uh, this acoustic guitar as his, like, main weapon of choice. So he bashes... Uh, the, you know, the zombie frat guy in the head and he wakes up again. And this time he, he's saying that he's been having visions of that little shrunken head. Uh, so they, long story short, they end up going and digging the, the uh, paraphernalia that has been thrown away in a dumpster. They, they you stick Billy into the dumpster to pick it out all the, you know, the filth and everything. But somehow this shrunken head was like a real deal. And it had somehow cursed, um, cursed the the frat guy when they actually did that ritual to to uh you know go go into like this zombie like trance so so it was kind of fun uh kind of a fun little adventure they were never in any kind of serious you know threat or anything like that it was more like just playing it out and uh i, I thought it went pretty well i think the second story was maybe more successful and this one um if you listen to the last episode, basically the, the Matthew Broderick, Nathaniel computer hacker character had helped out this girl that I used the avatar for Ali Sheedy from war games. Um, I'm just calling her Allie for ease of the old froth memory. Anyway, they've kind of gotten to know each other a little bit, maybe flirted a little bit. And the Allie girl comes to Nathaniel and asked him for help because she's got a this this guy stalking her, uh, showing up around her classes, falling around. She didn't have the heart to be to be mean to him. Um, and uh, the guy's name is Booger, <laughs> so he's like Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. And uh, turns out this Booger guy Nathan like hacks in the computer and looks at his records and everything. He's actually really really smart. Studies insects. And Allie, like, asks him to do something about him stalking him. So Nathan comes to her class and finds the booger guy there. 
notices that he gives off a strange chemical smell and has like really stain, you know, stains all over his sleeves of his arms and, you know, tells him to kind of to back off and the, the booger guy warns him, you know, that he'll, he'll be sorry for messing with him. And so I, I do a little montage with him and uh, Nathaniel and the alley girl kind of falling in love and I play Asia's heat of the moment, uh, which, which I thought was kind of funny. And anyway, so a little, you know, another day passes after that. I play up some of the flaws of the, or the, yeah, I guess they're flaws of the characters, but they're really, no, they call them hindrances. Sorry about that. Little things that, that happen to hurt the characters, but if you role play them, it can benefit you. And another mechanic I really like from, from Savage Worlds and the Billy, the 13 year old has these really overprotective parents. So do this whole phone call role play with them calling them. They're all worried about the fire that happened. They're telling them they're going to come up that weekend. They're all worried about them. And so that, that was kind of, that was kind of funny, but it wouldn't be necessarily funny for me to try to recount exactly how it went on a podcast. Anyway, Nathaniel lets everybody know about this booger guy and decides to follow him because the booger guy shows up again at Allie's class. And, uh, so Nathaniel hacks in the computer system and flags Booger's records. This was really creative. They did some really creative things in, in the second story. Flags his records to where he's not allowed into his insect lab because they get an idea that he's, you know, uh, you know, he's really into insects. They want to, you know, mess with him or get him to back off. So that night at the dorm room, Nathaniel's laying there. Nathaniel's roommates with Bender and all these roaches come pouring into the room from under the door and they're just stomping them and they're everywhere. They're getting in everything and they're starting to put two and two together that, that all these insects and everything have something to do with, uh, with booger. So, um, they, you know, Nathaniel continues to go and meet with Allie to kind of protect her from, from booger, the stalker. So the next night, they start to hear there's a swarm of uh, hornets against the window, and they're all together in the dorm room. And they look outside, and they can actually see Booger holding his hands up in the air, controlling these uh, insects. So they start coming pouring in, uh, and 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 so that they know that there's you know there's got to be this confrontation. Now Billy had done something really smart. Billy had gone and bought some raid and a lighter. And, uh, and I bought some Coca-Cola and the reason he brought Coca-Cola is instead of Pepsi because the McCooley character, you know, based around Marty McFly has like a Pepsi addiction. So they deliberately bought Coke so he wouldn't drink the Pepsi. And anyway, they have this big conflict, you know, outside with, against the swarm and, and booger. And what was really, really smart is, you know, thinking that the, this, chemical smell and these stains on the sleeves had something to do with, uh, you know, the, the ability to control the insects, the Billy character gains initiative and pours the Coke onto, uh, onto booger and it messes up his ability. He was able to control the insects through some kind of pheromone type deal or something like that. So I thought that was really, really creative using the Coke to, to do that. So I just let it basically play out that way. So anyway, <clears throat> I don't know how well a, a job I did of explaining what happened, but you get the idea of the kind of Scooby-Doo sort of supernatural 
weird happenings, weird occurrence level of, uh, you know, PG 13 level that the stuff is kind of at. So, um, it was fun. We're going to play again next weekend. My stomach wasn't cooperating. And the big thing, you know, I always like to reflect and see what I could do better. And the big things, I'm just not very experienced yet running the game. And then the players aren't experienced playing it. So I didn't want to spend too much time teaching them how to play. We had one care, you know, one player that had missed the first session. So I was in the position of trying to explain them a little bit about how the game works while, you know, while running the game, while I'm still kind of learning how to run the game. All while my stomach wasn't feeling well. So my flow, I what you know, when you're having to worry about mechanics and you're having to worry about teaching the game, it's hard to kind of, uh, it's hard to do a really great job with the fiction, with the, the story of the game sometimes. Now, it wasn't disastrous. I think all things considered, when I look, look at everything put together, I think I did a pretty good job of it. But I, anticipate, I, I hold myself to high standards, maybe too high, and I anticipate that it's going to get better and better as there's less question about mechanics, there's less me having to worry about mechanics, and it's more just, you know, happening smoothly in the background as the story's happening, and uh, certainly feeling a little bit better would, would, would help. That said, I, st I really do like the system. I think they're they're kind of enjoying it too as they as it starts to click. So I think it is a great game system. And having fun. I'm just not, you know, running D and D or something. It's like a well oiled machine. You're not even thinking about it. Um, you know, I never have to go and reference or look up a rule or or anything like that. Um, but anyway, it was good because there were a few times that some rules that hadn't come up yet came up and it was, I was able to explain to them how it works. So that now they understand it. Sometimes the exceptions, you know, they don't come up that often. So, um, you know, even if you do a great job prepping people on how a game works until a situation arises, it can be difficult. You know, you can't anticipate it. So you, you have to, uh, just cover it when you, when you, when it comes up and, and anyway, so, yeah, so that was a session we had that, you know, the frat boy that was kind of possessed by a, a weird uh, shrunken head, and we had the stalker that could control insects. And, um, again, it was fun. Mixed a lot of music into it. Um, and, yeah, so that's what happened. So, anyway, I'm glad that you uh, checked this out and listened. Um, we are going to play again next weekend. No one's going to really be out of town uh, over the weekend. I was worried about that. I didn't want any more huge gaps. So we'll play next weekend. And next weekend we'll get back into like the kind of the main storyline tying in with the uh, the fire that happened at the auditorium during freshman orientation. I should also mention, I almost forgot, they've all been having these nightmares, especially Chewy, the one that uh, got burnt in the fire. And, uh, so they're always having these kind of nightmares about that, that night, about fire, about being chased by something. So we'll see what, what ends up happening with that. Anyway, I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. Thanks again for listening. If you want to message me, you can send me a message on the anchor app. 
You can send me an email, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the blog, frostsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Next, you'll hear from me, of course, Hump Day Blogorama. Looking forward to putting that together for you. If you want to support the program, you can go to patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's only $1 a month. Or you can just, you know, add me to your blog role, share me on social media, let people know about it. And Logan, let's go. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind Boom, 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 bo